Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are recording from the Mellow 94.7 studios here in Mandaluyong City. This is the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. It's been a while. It's been two weeks since we last uh, let out a show. My name is Stan for the uninitiated out there. <laughs> My name is Ro. Whoa. Yeah, see, that's that's being back with a bang. That's coming boom. back with a bang. Boom, 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 boom. We've been gone last week. I'm so sorry. I said the week before that I got better. I, I kicked the ass of sickness and illness. So it turns out it got me. But I kicked out a two. Okay. I kicked out a two. Uh-huh. And now I'm right here sitting before you today. And you are now listening to my voice. And I think I sound better than we were last time. Yeah, you sound close to 100%. Thank God that sickness did not give you some bad news. Thank, yeah, I, I, would not, I would not want to be afraid to give anyone of our listeners some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of makes you... Remember all those times when people in the in in wrestling would say that they would go or they would be suspended or they would be you know gone from TV for whatever reason and then and then after a few weeks they'd be back like CM Punk he said after Money in the Bank 2011 he said that he would walk out with the WWE Championship leaving the WWE and Vince McMahon without anything without their pride and joy and lo and behold after a month of Cena. Being a fake WWE champion, he's back in the crowd, uh, in, in the company. Thank you for mentioning John Cena. How about when John Cena had that storyline with the Nexus? And <laughs> oh, yeah, he came yeah, yeah, back. Yeah. yeah, he said he, it was going to be a, a, kind of a loser leaves town match. That's right. And then he came back not long after he lost that loser leaves Raw match or loser leaves WWE match against Wade Barrett. Yeah, yeah. And, and then sometimes when people would get arrested or get suspended by Vince or by any heel authority figure... Um, they'd be back right, like you know, after a couple of weeks, right before the pay per view for the comeuppance, and it, it, it's funny. It, we're kind of like that as well. We, we were gone for a week, and then I hope none of you were scared. I hope a lot of you missed us, and now we're back. We are back with a brand new attack. Rest assured, we do get injured. We're human too. We're not. We're not superhuman, but we try to bring and to deliver as often as we can. I wanted to come back. I wanted to come. I, I wanted to push through with it, but Stan here decided that we that I should not, for reasons that will be made public because th- this equipment isn't ours to, to begin with. <laughs> We have to thank the good people at Mellow 94.7 for being very generous with the equipment that we use to record this podcast. That's right. That's right. And I, yeah, it's, it's a courtesy to everyone who is in this booth using this equipment. Um, you can't, I can't spread too much of my germs around, you know. And that's very considerate of you. Thank you very much for, for actually being considerate and making sure that we all stay healthy because we need our fucking voices. Consider it this time. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're talking about podcasts because this is our baby. This is the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. But uh, during the time we were away, 
I, I actually had the pleasure and the honor of guesting on a podcast based in the West Coast in the U.S. Right, right, right. And you've made some very, very interesting and good moves for you, for us. I'd say for us. I'd like to think these moves and these these friendships that we've forged are best for business. Best for business. That's right. That's a, that's the best way to say it. I, I was able to get in touch with uh, Ray Moralde of uh, Forum Blue and Gold over on, on the ESPN True Hoop Network, the blog network. Uh, uh, you may recognize him on Twitter as at the No Look Pass. Now, Ray Ray Moralde, or Ray Ray as I like to call him, uh, chanced upon my latest article on NBA.com Philippines, which you, my friend, had a huge hand. <laughs> And in helping me shape cheap plug, yes. Um, but it's all. But it's in your name. Um, I'm just the Ryan Lewis here, Macklemore. We are. We. Th- that's why we work so well as a tag team. Now, before we scuss on each other's gig, uh, let me go back to Ray Moraldi. That's gross. <laughs> it is gross. really gross. It I did is. not see that coming. Pun not intended. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, going back to Ray, uh, he he saw the article. He commented on it. He shared it on Twitter. Thank you so much, by the way, to at the No Look Pass. And of all people to see it. Who should see it but T.J. Perkins himself? Uh, uh, better known as Mask Manic of TNA. That's right. And on Twitter, he is at Mascara Manic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say that. Uh, he's known as Manic, formerly known as Suicide. That's right. And if you, uh, in, in case you didn't know, or the reason why it's significant is because T.J. Perkins is a Filipino-American wrestler. He takes great pride in him being Pinoy, such that one of his finishing moves is actually called the Filipino Destroyer. Right, 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 and among other things, well, not when he's not behind the mask, you'll 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 be able to see him more clearly, and you can see that he is really um, one of us. He looks, you look, he's he's not that tall, <laughs> which is uh, you know a landmark, is a benchmark for our race, and he's he he looks more like a Filipino teenager, and he's he's very proudly Pinoy, and he's actually trying to learn more of Tagalog, and I'm sure he wants to visit the country, you know, once in his life. Now I I had the I had the absolute pleasure and honor of getting to meet TJ Perkins just this morning over on Skype. He was actually chatting with us on Skype while he was waiting for his plane to to have their passengers board over at LAX. And where, where was he going? Did he say where he was going? Uh, we only assumed that he was going to a show because right. it was a weekend flight. Right, right, right. Um, so, so what did you talk about? It, it was fun because we talked about basketball. We talked about how basketball is pretty much a religion here in the Philippines, which is a fact. Uh, we, we are very rabid about, about basketball. You know that. I know that. And our friends over in L.A., Ray Ray and TJ, they know that as well. And I guess it was nice for them to have a little bit of cultural exposure from, from a Pinoy who lives in the Philippines. From a true-blooded Pinoy. From a Pinoy born and raised in the Philippines. So, and I guess more than anything, it motivates guys like them to reach out more uh, about their culture. And hopefully, we see them here in the Philippines and uh, interacting with us. Right, right, right. And you've also failed to mention that you were already on a released um, episode of the No Look Past podcast. That's right. It's actually the Chronicles of Karate podcast. Uh, I was part of episode number 166. Right. It was released earlier this week. Now, episode 167 with me and TJ Perkins is set for release in about a couple, uh, in about a few hours from now. So by the time this goes up, by the time you're listening, you might want to check it out as well. Wow, that's very fast turnover. It is a very fast wow. turnover. Wow, I'm kind of ashamed. <laughs> I'll explain to you why we had no, such a fast turnover. Being, being a part of a you know weekly podcast, well, we should be doing this more often. But I'm bilis, I'm bilis talaga. From from episode one six six to one six seven, I was part of back to back episodes. It was fun. I mean, getting to say, I mean, it's not every day that a Pinoy uh, personality on podcasts gets gets to be a guest on yeah, an yeah, American yeah. podcast. Yeah, well. 
Well, it's it kind of counts that he is also a Filipino. That's true. That's true. Natuwala uh, ako, I'm his first international guest, like outside of the U.S. and Canada. So it, it was a big deal for us getting to enjoy each other's Pinoy pride and getting to share that love for basketball. Yeah, and I, I was listening to the uh, this the the couple of the, the today's episode, uh, yesterday's episode, I think it was, and I I did know uh, I did um, get from the whole experience that you two had a good time. We did. We uh, like that first conversation with Kamilang ni Ray. Yeah. We talked for like two hours. Right, right, right. And that's the longest Skype call I've ever been a part of. And that says a lot about how you know two people from opposite side of the opposite sides of the world just connect on a shared love for the game. Right, right, right. But you know, don't don't sell yourselves too short. You might be on the opposite side of the world, but you are of the same of the same race. We are of the same blood, of the same race, and one thing binds us all together, and that is the internet. And basketball. basketball And basketball Basketball I thought What the Well it's basketball and the internet Because the internet does connect people I mean Let's be honest here The internet has done wonders In bridging gaps all over the world Right And what connects you And us um, You Our listeners And we Myself and Stan Is wrestling That's right And let's get to the beef Let's get to the meat Of this week's edition Of the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast Let's talk about One of the bigger items Happening right now In the world of wrestling Which is the Shield breakup Yeah um, We already covered this um, um, In the pre- in the past epi- In the previous episode Of SGP podcast But of course um, This is the Ongoing development Ongoing storyline And of course um, Lots of new things Happening um, With regard to with the whole thing what did you know right now and i'm sure if you won't know if you don't pay close attention to it that the shield is pretty much broken up we covered this the rollins turn uh, in the previous episode of the sgp podcast but did you well, if you don't pay close attention and uh, as with any storyline there are any there are ongoing developments if you don't play if you don't pay close attention you would not notice that the shield were broken up like right now the shield is no more. There are three different individuals all going on their three separate paths. Yeah, you got Ambrose um, dealing with the Rollins problem, which is weird. What we'll get to that why it's weird in a bit. And you've got Reigns challenging for the uh, WWE World Heavyweight Championship at the Money in the Bank ladder match. He got a fast pass at the main event. I don't think that it's gonna be. We're gonna see him be the champion uh, by the end of the show, but it's it it does we it does. Seem very very strange Because He was the guy Who took the most shots From Seth Rollins When he turned Yeah that That, that was uh, That was the very first Logical loophole That we had to point out The second was You had both Ambrose And, and Roman Reigns Teaming up with John Cena At the end of Raw Last week Right And uh, Like at the end of the show You had all three of them Standing tall Standing together And then biglana lang, you know, come the next Raw, it's as if Dean Ambrose forgot all about Roman Reigns. And that's not something that you can just sweep under the rug. Because um, if you you and I were to have something between us tomorrow or tonight, by after this show, would you not, would you like walk quietly away from me? Wouldn't you want to, you know, Resolve whatever we have between us Yeah, like I can't just wake up tomorrow morning And pretend like everything that happened between you and me was good Because that's human nature Human nature dictates that when something goes down You really solve it You really get to the bottom of it There has to be a proper resolution Yeah, yeah. Or else well closure right, right. And in wrestling And that usually involves, you know, fights You know, coming to blows A blow-off match Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's weird that I am sure I'm pretty sure, pretty damn sure That Ro- Roman Reigns 
is not the kind of guy who is going to blow off you know, those many chair shots to the back. Here's, the, here's a counter-argument uh, for devil's advocate point of view. All right, let me see what you have. Is the WWE World Heavyweight Championship enough of a reason? Like, is it that much bigger of a prize than the blow-off against Seth Rollins? Honestly, no. No, no, no. I mean, if I were Reigns, I would look to Rollins as my brother. And I would want to know why my brother stabbed me in the back like that. And okay, um, and this Ra- is something bigger than the championship. Right. And Rollins did say why he did that, why he sold out the shield. But, you know, I would want to exact my vengeance. I, wanna, I would want to beat him up. I would want to, you know, resolve my own feelings of anger, of sadness maybe. And just that whole thing. And I'm not sure that the WWE World Heavyweight Championship is going to be the solution to my problems. To my feelings See, my problem is that I really felt like creative is insulting our intelligence yet again And we've had examples of this over the years And in this most recent example, they expect us to forget so conveniently That Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns were a close-knit tag team along with Seth Rollins Exactly, that's what I'm trying to say That's what I'm trying to say that it's, it's, you know, it's human nature, as you said It's human nature to want something like this To, to want resolution, to want closure and you can't expect us that this isn't how, you know, any one of us would react when placed in the situation. Right. Uh, so I don't get it. I don't get how Roman Reigns is so nonchalant now. Like, there isn't even any mention of, of his beef with, with Seth Rollins, no mention of his relationship with Dean Ambrose. And here's, the, here's something that in the bigger picture, nobody ha- or not a lot of people have noticed as of yet. But all three of them have different theme songs, theme songs now. Uh, Dean Ambrose has a different outfit now. Seth Rollins debuts a new look on SmackDown this week And Roman Reigns kept the Shield gear And he also kept the Shield's entrance song And it's kind of akin to As one of the boys of SGP mentioned uh, Triple H taking over the DX song all for himself Or taking over Line in the Sand And using it all for himself By the way, we'll have to talk about the new Seth Rollins outfit in a bit But yeah, um, it's yeah, Even though um, you, know, you can have a separate identity um, you know, have a separate look. I don't think that that's going to be a big, you know, a big obstacle to teaming together. I don't think just because you dress different, you have a different song when you come out to yourself by yourself. That shouldn't be meaning the end of the shield. But this is how they're treating it. Sayang, I mean, um, you know. At first, I didn't have any problem with Roman Reigns trying to negotiate with Vicky Guerrero to try to put his name in that ladder match for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. If, if, and only if. He was fighting for himself and on behalf of Ambrose as well. Right, right. And I think that, you know, it can easily, easily be retconned in a way that he can... If, if Reigns ever loses the ladder match, if ever he moves on, he'll go back to feuding with Rollins after Ambrose is done with him. But that's going to be a cop-out. And it's going to be... It's not going to solve the issue that this isn't what you would do when you're in the situation. Let me ask you this question then. How do you come up with that resolution to have Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns to have their resolution with Seth Rollins without copying it out? Is it without? Um, is it without? You know, me wishing this didn't happen like this. Yeah, fine. Like, let's assume that everything that has happened has happened and cannot be changed. All right, all right. Since we're already coming up in at Money in the Bank, um, I'm gonna have Rollins um, cost the match for Reigns. Uh, I'm gonna. He's gonna interrupt. He's gonna stop Reigns from winning, and then, you know, maybe or maybe Ambrose would come in as well, and then something would happen. Something something clusterfucky would happen in the latter match, 
and then that would lead to an eventual feud between the three of them. You know, each each guy uh, feuding with each, with each other. Right, so we'll see something kind of like uh, remember that FCW match between Ambrose, uh, Rollins, and Leaki. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And you know, um, how Legacy broke up uh, back at WrestleMania 20... 26. 26, 26. That's right, right. that's right. Um, you know that that saw Orton going against um, DiBiase and Rhodes. DiBiase and Rhodes. Um, everyone's going against each other. So that's the eventual payoff that you'd want to see. But is that really what would bring a nice closure to the Shield, you know, to the Shield story as a whole? Like they start off as a unit and then they end up just feuding amongst themselves at Tatlusila instead of it being a two against one thing where one traitor gets his comeuppance. I don't know. So um, it's going to be weird that um, it's going to be two against one because um, obviously the, the Ambrose and Reigns together would, would beat Rollins. Sayang, like I would have wanted, like in a, in a fantasy world where I'm the booker, where I'm creative, I would have wanted uh, both Dean Ambrose and Romarine to keep tagging together for quite some time. I mean, Lord knows the tag division is still rather shallow right now, and could have used another, a, a boost in or a shot in the arm by having Ambrose and Reigns tag together. Yeah, me too. But I think that Rollins would need someone to even the odds. Yeah, because it's gonna, it's it's just gonna be too unfair. It's not gonna make for an interesting uh, feud unless the Someone else was, you know, helping Rollins out and making it, you know, even for 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 drama's sake. See, okay, let's let let's try to have this discussion on storytelling and uh, let's continue to fantasize a little bit. Would it have been better then, kung uh, it was just Ambrose and Reigns? And yet Rollins actually joining Evolution Because keep in mind that over the last two weeks WWE actually made significant efforts To avoid saying that Seth Rollins joined Evolution And that's another illogical thing Because um, when you assume that you cast your lot With the likes of Triple H and Randy Orton That you are actually joining Evolution I, I for one, if I were Triple H I would, you know, I would I would get this guy Who has beaten my ass twice In the last couple of months into my group because I know he's good. I know that he can beat me and my partner here. So why don't we add this guy, right? And it would have made sense in the overall scheme of evolution. Remember, their theme was the best of the past, the present, and the future. And Seth Rollins would have clearly fit in the in the Randy Orton slash Batista mold. I don't know where they're going with any of these developments, but I, I can tell you that it, none of it makes um, outward sense to me because um. Maybe they're go, you know, maybe they're planning for something more, a bit more subtle, a bit more complex in the future. But it doesn't make sense to anyone. The the simple thing to do would have would, would be to have Seth Rollins join Evolution. Um, the simple thing to do would have would be to have Reigns stay feuding with Rollins, and you know, the Shield. Um, staying, sticking together and having like a third yeah. guy, a third guy just tagging with them or trying to even out the odds with them. Kaitna, this third person wouldn't have uh, been an official member of the Shield. Yeah, and I'm sure, and I'm really sure that people would still want to see, you know, the the six man warfare that's been going on for the past few months. Why mess with the good thing? It was a good thing for as long as it lasted. So I guess that's that's our big regret here in SGP. That's something I'd like to think we agree on. Because sayang, like uh, you and I, we are storytellers by nature. Right, right, right. And as storytellers, when a story is presented to us and it doesn't make sense, it frustrates us. Right. 
And it frustrates uh, most, us Me most of all That's right Because if you know How to tell a story Then you kind of have An idea in your head Of how it should go And we're not saying That we're better than creative By all means We're not saying That we're better Than WWE Actually I am I am I have been saying this For so long now I'm trying not to say that And I'm trying not to go there Because I know For a fact That I'm not in the wrestling business I'm not a wrestler I'm not a booker So for as long as I'm not in that business I'm not gonna try to assert That ascendancy But as a storyteller And as someone Who watches a story it's kind of like watching a movie where there are a lot of loose ends that are left untied. Do not na pipikon. Yeah, no, 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 and no, no. You, it's okay for you to have this ascendancy if we're talking about storytelling, because you know, as you said, we are storytellers and we know what makes a good story. Um, we know what would capture the emotions of the crowd, of the audience, and and who is running this this show, the the, the you know the creative direction behind the shows, but storytellers. And that's why I, I can claim ascendancy. I've been claiming this for so long now. For so long that I've been writing a column on, on lordsofpain.net or wherever have you. Um, as long as I've been having opinions on wrestling on the internet, I've been claiming that WWE should be hiring me because I know what to do with these guys. But until then, until, until such time happens, like... I don't know. I, I, I'd like to think that I maintain a certain level of humility. Not saying that you're a that you're a braggart or that you're no, no, ascendant. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that I'm. I know how to wrestle better. Or I know how to put things together better. I'm not. You know, I'm not telling. Well, sometimes I do, but so, I'm, not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not telling you how to take this bump better or how to how to move. You know, how to do the suplex better. I'm telling you how to book better because a lot of people are not happy. Uh huh. A lot of people are not happy and it takes, you know, and when you really, you know, look at the problems that the, that the WWE or any other failing wrestling promotion has with their, it's usually with their storytelling. And the storytelling has to, first of all, it has to make sense. Right. Second, there has to be some emotional attachment. Like right. if you're a viewer, you have to care. Right. You have to give a crap about the characters that you're watching. Let me give an example go, go and on, let me on. segue right. to this next thing that I, I kind of want to bring up right now. There have been some sudden turns in the WWE uh, over this week. And one such turn, which you think isn't so sudden, which for me is kind of sudden, yeah, on, is the Summer Ray turn. Right. Okay. Like, uh, so, so if you haven't been watching the Summer Ray storyline, uh, let me give you a quick briefer. Uh, Fandango, Fandango dumped Summer Ray on Twitter. Uh, Summer Ray is now a woman scorned. She disappears for like six weeks, comes back, and tries to beat up Layla, right. who is now Fandango's new squeeze. Right, right, right. And it, it's basically a case of a woman scored. Hell, hell hath no fury more than a woman scorned. Yeah. That's the classic saying. And that's basically what's playing out on TV. But before Fandango broke up with Summer Rae, she was one of the bad guys. Yep. And she comes back. She tries to beat up Layla, who's also a bad guy. You immediately assume that Summer Rae should be the good guy. But she's not right now because she just acts like a woman who was scorned. She just acts like an angry, an angry woman. You were about to say the B word. I was about to say the B word, but I was trying not to because number one, Summary is was in my fave five. Right. But number two, ang hirap lang eh. I mean, as as a viewer, as somebody who's watching the storyline, I find it hard to care for Summary when there are no redeeming qualities in her as a character, other than the fact that she was the one who got dumped. Well, why don't you think that loving Fandango is a redeeming quality? No. Why not? I don't think so. I mean, there has to have been a redeeming quality. Like, let's say, let's say Summer Rae was a bad guy, but let's say in like the last one or two weeks of her being a heel, okay. she was actually getting hurt at the expense. Uh, she was getting hurt so Fandango could like scurry away with a cheap victory. Exactly. But that's that's how it that's how it works. But that's never it never happened. Like she never pulled an Elizabeth. Right. 
She was never the Elizabeth to Fandango's macho man. She never put herself on the line so Fandango could get a win. If anything, she pretended to get hurt, but she never did actually get hurt. So that doesn't get me any sympathy towards Summer Rae. Okay, okay. And I feel strongly about this because, once again, I feel like my intelligence as a viewer and as someone who watches a story is kind of insulted. I don't know because um, it's these these kind of storylines are are kind of simplistic. Um, they kind of hinge on a personal experience. Uh-huh. Um, normally, if you are the dumped one, you would be the victim, right? Okay. You would be the victim, and well, that kind of makes you a face nay. It doesn't matter what you've portrayed. Um, it doesn't matter what you've shown with regard to love or devotion. Yeah. As long as um you present. As long as you're presented as you know a couple, um, two people in a relationship, and then, and then you are presented as someone who is who has been left, who has been scorned, that I, that kind of automatically makes you a face in the eyes of most people. But her mannerism since quote unquote, and I'm using this with literal air quotes, turning face haven't been that much of a baby face as actress. I mean, uh, first of all, when she first attacked Layla, um, that, and that's without the milk, that's without the makeup and the milk. Summary was the instigator from day one. Yeah, you know why? Because she was the one who got hurt. You would be the instigator if you got hurt. If you had the power, if you had the ability, if you had the physical skill to to hurt someone, um, and then you have the, the that kind of space in you know in wrestling where there are no legal you know repercussions for for hurting someone. Yeah. Um, you, it's human nature. I don't know if you've been in this situation before. No, I haven't. Exactly, exactly. It's because you haven't been you know left. By another person before By the one you love For another person But I, right? I I don't know I mean She could have taken it out On the guy She could have taken it out On her ex Who dumped her over on Twitter By the way Of and, all, of yeah, all uh, means To like dump somebody Which I think is a bigger sin Than being the new lover Of your beloved no, I think that's a bigger sin Like uh, if there's anybody Who sh- she should be fucking with Literally That's Fandango No No, no. I think that again, it, this is a matter of you know personal experience. Um, since you haven't experienced this before, um, it it doesn't matter who you attack. It, it it all seems right in your head when you're the victim. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm trying to understand it. You know, you, I, I am. I am. Yeah, because you, it doesn't matter if, for all we know, Layla did steal Fandango from Summer Rae. Uh huh. Um, maybe directly or indirectly. Maybe she does kind of deserve it. And this is not me defending the sudden turn. I'm just explaining this particular turn because, um, as he, as Stan said, um, when he was introducing it, um, I I was I was not you know, I was not believe, believing of how much this was a sudden turn. All right, uh, but here here's the here's the one thing I can ask at least now. At least from a storytelling perspective, aside from the fact that Summary was the victim, that she was the dumpy, like I would have. At le- I-, I can at least request for a reason to to care to have an emotional attachment to Summer Rae as a character because right now all I see is two bitches fighting in the middle of the ring and I said it there. <laughs> well, it's kind of well. Okay, do you watch The Legal Wife? No, I didn't. <laughs> and there's a reason why I didn't. Yeah, because you have a day job. I mean, you have a night job. Right, and I have better things to do than watch The Legal Fucking yeah, Wife. Hey. hey, hey. I don't usually watch it, but when I watch it, I know it's time. I know that I'm staying too late at work. So this is one of those things in Pinoy pop culture you actually defend, like John and Randy. Hey, <laughs> I will allow no slander against John and Randy. I'm not slandering John and Randy. No, no, no I'm, just, he- saying, I'm he- just saying. Here's a backstory. If you go to the movies 
And if you watch those PSAs and those infomercials, a lot of them are annoying. The John and Randy one, I gotta admit, I find it entertaining. See, exactly. I find it funny. See? But if I were John and Randy, pucha naman, i-report ko na yung camcording. That's an, uh, that's an extra five grand in yo, my pocket. Yo, you don't. If you were John and Randy, you don't need five thousand. You're rich as fuck. Pero sa mabubulutin ni five thousand, you're gonna have to come from my perspective. I'm a penny pinching miser. Any five grand I can pick up by tattling on somebody, I will tattle the fuck out of that somebody. All right, we digress. We digress. Um, have you watched Legal Wife? It's two bitches fighting. Okay. But obviously, the Angel Luxin character is the face. Okay. And um, the the Maha Salvador character is the heel. Even though she's you know she's kind of given this edge, this this gray area in that she does fall in love with the Jericho Rosales character. Right. It's kind of like that um, with this. Um, you don't see any you know outwardly face characteristics when it when you when you look at um, Summer Rae. Uh-huh. But the mere fact that there was, you know, implied love, Kaitapano, yeah. shared between the two characters, would be enough. To, you know, she was the first there. A lot of people identify with the fact that she was the first. Yeah, of course. That's, of course. that's the thing. I think that's the major thing that, you know, the WWE assumes that uh, a face turn would hinge on. Right, the fact now when you see Layla dancing with Fandango, you would immediately think that Summer Rae was there first. Like yeah, Layla yeah. was in Kapalit ni Samurai. Exactly. Um, people will always identify with the first, because uh, especially if she was unjustly dumped, right? Okay, fine. Right. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. All and right, but you have other examples, right? I have another example. Uh, let's talk about Heath Slater, who uh, is is a one man rock band all over again, and for some reason he turned face this week on Raw against Rusev by cutting a pro American promo. And as we all know, whenever there's a foreign heel who tries to assert his own ascendancy, and somebody American steps up for the good old USA, that guy always gets a face pop. That is more um, that that is more egregious, um, an error, um, as you as you would say, because. Um, they would they assume that people would just cheer uh, Heath Slater, and you know to be honest though, some people do kind of cheer Heath Slater. Um, they assume that people would just he- cheer Heath just because he would come out against um, a xenophobic, um, anti-American big heel. Right, and it's 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 uh, it's kind of weird, and I think it does a whole disservice to the entire three MB gimmick that he spent two years, two years plus working on. Parang, you, you you've been an annoying bad guy for the last three four years of your career, and then suddenly all because all because you wave the American flag and try to defend old glory, good guy kanagad. In all fairness, though, um, people have always been seeing three MB as you know not seriously evil. You know what I'm saying? Just annoying. Yeah, they're just annoying, and people would just cheer to me because you know they're they're likably annoying, likably stupid. If you would if you would say, um, they're just you know they're just there. They're they're not really. Well, they would be sent out by Triple H if for for doing their you know to do the dirty deed, yeah, like to beat up Ambrose, to beat up Reigns, like they did as recently as the last SmackDown. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. That's it, and that is you know that's why I'm saying that it's a big, it's a worse, it's a better example of a bad sudden turn. How could it have been better? Like, uh, could there? Eto, uh, let's try to think of a way where it could have it could have worked out well. Like, if the end goal was really to turn Heath Slater face, could it have been done in some other way where it would actually make logical sense? I think that you would have to um, address the releases of Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal, which we would be getting to in a bit. Um, you would have to address those, and you would have to 
Um, he would, you know, if I were Heath, I would go complain to the authority, to Triple H, and wonder why my friends, my my bandmates, have been released for what reason? Why, if you're gonna release them, why not release me as well, right? Thank you for addressing that because I was about to get into I was about to get into that specific example. Like I I've been mentioning about uh, about emotional attachments to a character, and I think that such a move would have actually created sympathy towards Heath Slater. Maawa ka sa kanya. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Diba, diba. You would um. 3MB is kind of, as I said earlier, it, they're kind of, you know, a guilty pleasure. They are. No, they are my guilty pleasure right, as well. Right, there you go, there you go. And when you address that there is no more 3MB thanks to the releases, and then when you address that on screen, that's when you can, that's, that's the opportunity you can have to, you can, you have to turn uh, Heath Slater face. All right, do you want to talk about the releases since we're kind of getting into that now? Um, well, do you have anything else to say about the sudden turns? No, wala na naman. I mean, like, I, I think I've said everything I need to say about how, uh, yeah, the sudden turns have been dissatisfactory, to say the least, and how um, it does, again, insult the intelligence of the viewer as somebody who follows the story. Right, right, right. And, um, well, it's been happening. It's not the first time this has happened. Oh, no, man, it's but, not the first time. But uh, we thought that, you know, since this year has been very good wrestling-wise, very good storyline-wise, very good character-wise, we thought we would be rid of these kind of things. Right? And, and yet we find out now, you know, it is 2014 and such things do still exist in the wrestling land- landscape. And I think we could attribute some of those to um, the fact that the WWE head writer has been released. That's week. right, that's right. And with that, we go into the releases of last week. Um, it's been a while since we've had spring cleaning. It's been a couple of years, actually. And as I was telling Stan uh, last week, because he asked me why we haven't had this kind of releases um, in the past few years. And is it really, that, is it really because of the WWE Network? Uh, and, it's, um, and it's less than expected, less than stellar um, financial, financial outcome. Um, well, I have to say that yeah, um, right now we're not the WWE is not in the best uh, financial straits. On um, whatever you've heard, um, it might not be that bad, but it's not that good either. As somebody who tries to defend uh, to defend the workers or to defend, and this is something that you and I kind of identify with because we went to UP, and they're always about you know about parang um, down with the capitalist movement, right. always care for the works and all that. It, it's kind of unfair viewing that from that lens. It's kind of unfair that the company is taking a hit financially, and they had to take it out on the workers. But it's a risk that they knew that they were going into because um, um, they were they knew they knew that they were going to release the network and that they were going to put all the pay per views on the network live, and they knew that they were going to risk um, the the disdain of the pa- the pay per view carriers. Um, you know, like Dish, Directv, um, Directv in the states. Um, you don't have those pay-per-views on those carriers anymore for sixty dollars. Instead, um, all you can, all you have to do now is pay um, ten dollars. Is it? For yeah, ten dollars. That's right. Every month. Yep. To the WWE Network, and that's a huge hit to revenue. And right now, see the It's a short-term loss, like financially. Yeah, it, it is because um, right now, because um, the WWE Network is only an. In the U.S. and in Canada, I think, and they're trying to expand eventually uh, to to tap into other markets like the, re- the U.K. No, the, and every, and everywhere else. Right, the real money is going to be all over the world, and while they don't have all over the world yet, that's, this is this is their, their market is kind of limited, uh-huh. and that's where their losses are coming from. So now that we've kind of explained uh, and 
tried to kind of dumb it down for the rest of us because I myself I I kind of don't get all these financial terms like gad. So thank you, uh, thank you for trying to dumb it down for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about the releases because I, um, admittedly. It really affects the on-screen product, especially when some characters left gaping holes in some of your storytelling devices. Uh, the best example right now, obviously, is uh, Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Well, it's not really a big story. I mean, you know... Finally, it's a big yeah, story, yeah. but there, there was a role for them. And as early as this role, you could kind of feel the impact of Drew and Jinder being released. Right. Um, Drew and Jinder are not bad wrestlers. They're not, you know, Bo Dallas level of bad. I'm sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. Shots fired. I had to say it. Hashtag you are shots not fired. a believer. I am not a believer, and we're gonna discuss this in some other um, episode of the of the podcast. But yeah, um, unless they ask for the releases personally, um, there was there, there was no reason to fire Drew and Jinder because they were jobbers. They were good jobbers. They were solid workers, and to to release them is to rob. You know, it's to rob the company of someone they can use whenever uh, you know a big star, a new star, has to be put over. And the thing that I liked about 3MB is they had a they had a role in the small scope, which was they were the jobbers, as you mentioned. They were the guys that new up and comers could beat up, and they were the guys who could you could easily include in any comedic segment, whether it's with Santino or Los Matadores or whoever could could pull a funny out uh, a funny segment out in the ring. But in the bigger scope of things, they were actually one of the authority's lapdogs. Right, and well. I'm sure that they're not going to be missed in the, in that role, but in a way, you know. But if you're the authority, you could never have too many lap dogs. Right. And the fact that you let two such lap dogs go kind of is, but storyline wise, huh, It kind of shows that your power is weakening. Because you know, story. If we're talking storyline wise, those two lap dogs weren't you know that the best lap dogs to begin with. But if you could keep sending other people to get beaten up in on your behalf, you keep sending them out. You keep making it rain. Well, oh, not storyline wise. Um, you can put these guys in a in a in a match in a tag match against you know a, a couple of solid workers like Los Matadores and and the Usos, and they would deliver and they would deliver a good match. Um, so, if you gave them the time, if you gave them the minutes, if you gave them that kind of match. And sayang siya. Like uh, I, I always like to think about Drew McIntyre from when he began in either 08 or 09. Can you believe he was actually with the WWE for a good five, six years? And can you believe that he was gonna be? He was handpicked by Vince McMahon to be the next, to be the future of the WWE. You are the chosen one. See, and look how far he's fallen. Look how far, and I don't even know. Um, personally, I wouldn't rush to. To name him the chosen one, I don't know why Vince did that, but it's 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 a huge waste because there was something there. There was there was something there, and I wouldn't. He wasn't the best um, promo guy, yeah, but he was very solid in the ring, as I keep saying. And he had a great gimmick. Like I love the gimmick when he first came out. I love the entrance video. I love the song "Broken Dreams." Is still one of my favorite entrance themes of the late two thousands. Sayang. Um, as for Jinder, we all know how he started out. Um. Not a lot of people expected a lot from Jinder Mahal. Hey, I was a big Jinder Mahal fan. I you was... didn't want anyone to hinder Jinder. I knew yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I was, you know, I even wrote one column defending Jinder. I remember that. Yeah. It was on lordsofpain.net. Yeah, and there were a lot of people who, well, not a lot, but some people who agreed that, you know, Jinder wasn't as bad as, you know, some other guys were saying he is. And it's, 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 it's again, it's everything, everything is a waste. Everything is... Well, not everything, I guess, but I mean, we're not going to miss Evan Bourne. Yeah, well, uh, no, I will. I'm going to miss Evan Bourne, but 
for for the longest time he's been gone, um, it's like he was never there. So it's okay with me. The the whole release is okay with me because, uh, you know. It, it was writing on the wall, but like yeah. we kind of expected it would happen. We just didn't know when. But yeah, yeah, and the same for guys like Yoshitatsu and um, Camacho, Kurt Hawkins. Well, Camacho was actually Camacho is surprising because um, as early as last, as late as last month or uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, he was uh, at Takeover. Yeah, he was at Takeover, and he he won. I think no, 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 no. Adam Rose beat him. Adam Rose beat him, but he had a good showing. He did. He did. And and I thought that they were going to do something with him, and then all of a sudden he gets released. What about uh, what about Brodus Clay? He's another guy that I thought they were going to do something with um, um, a couple of months ago, or maybe last month. Um, he was in he was feuding against um, Adrian Neville, the NXT champion, and he did lose. And he, he, I thought that they were going to have this, you know, a resurrection kind of gimmick, you know, comeback gimmick, right. for Brodus Clay. And then all of a sudden, poof, he's gone. Uh, you you want to talk about this thing that you mentioned to me sometime over the last few days. Uh, this is related to NXT. How uh, you can make a simple storytelling device on NXT if you could have main roster spots fight for their main roster spots on NXT. Right, right. I had this this interesting system. I don't know if anyone else has thought of it. but um, Let's put it out there. Yeah. Um, it's because it, it, first of all, I have to tell you where it comes from. It comes from... Um, uh, C.J. Parker, the the environmentalist hippie, yeah, <laughs> challenging Xavier Woods to I don't know I'm not sure if he challenged to a match, but uh, but uh, he called him out. Uh huh. He called him out due to his um, due to Woods's um, poor performance in Raw. And Xavier Woods has been on a long losing streak. It's and it's kind of a shame because he's not that bad. And anyway, Yun and I thought that may, what if what if NXT guys could challenge you know losing. Main roster guys for so the jobber. Yeah, yeah, among the jobbers to their main roster spot for their main roster spots. Okay, right. So it would be like um, a position battle in the NFL. Um, if you don't know the NFL, um, there are fifty-five members on a team. Okay, and then that ca- that includes um, second-string players, and then in the off-season, in the preseason, yeah, they can challenge for. For the for the first string job for the starting job uh-huh. by out by by competing using with their stats, really? Yeah, that's no, that's that's actually interesting. I mean, um, it, it's not as obvious in the NBA, yeah. where let's say uh, the most recent example I can give is probably the Houston Rockets, right. where uh, heading into the preseason of 2013-14, uh, people thought Jeremy Lin would start, and then in the preseason, Patrick Beverly won the starting job. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. Um, so Yun. Um, NXT guys would challenge the main roster guys in a main roster qualifying match. Okay. And if the NXT guy won, um, he would go on to the main roster. Yeah. And the main roster guy would go down to NXT. So they switch sila. Yeah, they switch sila. Okay. And then yeah, if the NXT guy succeeds, good for him. On on the main roster, good for him. If and then the main roster guy would have to um, find his place, find his footing again, to get better. And then maybe one day he could challenge for another guy's spot, or maybe the uh, the same guy's spot. And then, but if he wins the qualifying match, then he he stays put. Yeah, you know what I like about uh, what I like about that little system you have uh, you, you've theorized over there is um, it gives everybody again. I go back to the attachment argument because as as a viewer, I like getting attached to a certain character. I want to know what happens to his fate. And if his fate involves him, let's say, losing something that is really important or something that's coveted, like a title, like a spot on the main roster, it makes you invested in that character's development. Right. And it, it, it kind of gives um, a sporting element 
a sports element to the whole thing. That's right. It re-legitimizes, quote unquote. Yeah, it kind of it kind of legitimizes the whole thing. It kind of legitimizes the I know the process of moving up to the main roster instead of just suddenly appearing and you know suddenly having vignettes on the on the on Raw and SmackDown. Or you could you could have those vignettes, but at least my explanation, explanation, my backstory. Like we know why Adam Rose is debuting. Yeah, we know yeah, why right, Paige is there. Right, right, exactly, right. And yeah, it gives you know, it it doesn't force anything. And it gives the NXT champion an out. Like hindi na tayo magugulat why let's say uh, AJ Neville is, is is set to leave NXT soon because we know that by virtue of being NXT champion he's earned a qualifying match. Yeah, in my system for that I forgot to mention that if you're the NXT champion or if you're the NXT tag team champion or maybe the NXT women's champion, um, you have um this automatic qualifying match. Kind of like a money in the bank system. Right, right. And if, and if you lose it, you don't have it until you earn another one. Okay, now that's fair. That's I, I think that's fair. So, Inga, uh, going back, it, it won't surprise you if the Ascension, for one, suddenly has a match which, which could have consequences on the main roster. Uh, same goes for Charlotte. Same goes for Adrian Neville. Right. And, yeah, it's, it's a crazy idea. I just hope that, you know, someone, is, someone out there is listening and, you know, and says, that, oh, maybe we can do this, right? It's for free. It's for free. I'm giving you that one for free. And if you do that, <laughs> consider that my cover letter for my job. <laughs> right? For my creative job. Don't forget the little people. I'm, I'm going to try to still continue with this podcast. I'm just kidding. I'm probably sure we can, I can't do that. All right. Uh, you want to talk about another development. Uh, since we talked about tag teams... The tag team division is getting a bit of a shot in the arm Just a bit right now Because we're not getting overly optimistic But we're liking what we're seeing right now Hashtag trust issues Diba? It, it's the trust <laughs> issues if, if, if some girls have daddy issues We as WWE viewers have trust issues growing up Yeah, I think Damn the, you WWE I think the mid to late 20, the 2000s Have contributed to this to these trust issues Neither trust issues in WWE But just watching TV in general Right. You get what I mean? Like, it's so hard to trust anything and everything. Like, all these series you follow on TV. Because you never know when a swerve could come in and just dash all your expectations. We live in such a cynical world, man. Ah, thank you, WWE. Right. Anyway. Anyway, uh, since, you know, let, let's try not to be gloomy. And let's talk about Stardust. Stardust. Man, I liked it. I mean, right off the bat. It was spoiled for me. Thank yeah, you, yeah. SGP, by the way. No, no, no. It, it was so good, it deserved to be spoiled. I'm sorry. Fine. It's good. It was good. Fine. You had to say it was good. No, next I thought, like, when I got a copy of this week's Raw, I was eagerly looking forward to that segment. And were you disappointed? No, I was not disappointed. And you have to give it to Cody Rhodes. No matter what gimmick he's been saddled with, he has taken the ball and he's run with it. Well... It hasn't always worked. Um, for example, the the psycho mask thing um, kind of got old after a bit. The but it was compelling thing. the, f- yeah, the well, first few weeks. Time, the first time. But the Stardust gimmick, I noticed, um, even from the highlights, you can see that Cody Rhodes was wrestling a whole different style. That's right. He was. He changed up his entire style to fit the new character. He didn't, he didn't do... I was expecting him to do the disaster kick from, from outside the, on the ring apron. And instead... And instead, he did this um, el- this this springboard elbow, I think, which was which was an homage to his father. Right, right, right. And he used the diamond dust for his finisher. And it's nice because you have Stardust, who obviously you could see, you could kind of see that while there was a level of comfort in the way he moved, in the way he worked, kita marinu little brother element. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like kita mo that Stardust really was the little brother to Goldust. I think if um I think um if if my eyes don't lie. 
Yeah. If my eyes don't lie, from the entrance palang, yeah. he was having so much fun with it. No, he was. Right? And right. I, you know when somebody's having fun out there. Like when Brodus Clay first came out and did his Funkasaurus thing, you knew the guy was having fun. And it was fun. It was fun. This is fun. This is a lot of fun. And we salute whoever came up with the Stardust gimmick. I, I hope, think it's a no, good gamble no, I, so far. I hope that they came up with the gimmick. I mean, I hope that Cody and Goldust came up with the gimmick. And I hope that they're running with this because the only logical way, with our trust issues, the only logical way we see this going right now is the fact that the Rhodes brothers have kissed and made up. And that's what I want to happen right now. Um, so many teams are breaking up the Shield. Uh, the Real Americans. Uh-huh. What else? What else? What else? 3MB. 3MB got broken up. Right. Um, and I want to see a feel-good story this time. Uh-huh. I want to see a tag team. I, I've, I've been saying this before um, Before this happened. Um, I, I, maybe a few weeks ago. Maybe when the whole tension storyline started. Right. I've been saying that I want a tag team tension storyline to end up with teams you know, getting over it, patching up. And moving on to become a better team, to become stronger with their bond. I'm glad you're very optimistic about this, and that you're actually looking forward to the team continuing on because that's that's not something we see yeah, every day. Yeah, exactly. That's because no, no. That's why I want to I want this to happen because it's not something you see every day. It's right. Cha- it's going to be a, a, a breath of fresh air with the whole um, breakup storyline. Because the breakup storyline is so common, eh? You, it is you, common. Yeah. You, you know that it's going to happen the moment you know the moment. One guy loses for the team, and then the other guy is, you know, frustrated and mad at him. No, no. Actually, the moment like a team gets put together, you're already expecting them to go their separate ways. Yeah, and it's 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 so sad. That it's become common in this in the WWE in this day and age. Because um, it it shows that um, a WWE or whoever Vince McMahon maybe doesn't you know believe in the power of tag teams anymore. The way I see it, though, I mean, I like your point of view. And I, I do think it's refreshing, but I would I would like it to be in such a way now Goldie and Stardust, they have a good run for a while. They get some momentum. They probably have a run with the tag team championships again under this current gimmick. Right. And then eventually Goldust harbors some resentment towards his brother for okay. stealing the gimmick. Right. And then Goldust turns heel on Cody. And this is something that you you have mentioned yourself, like Panang, it would it would be nice to have Cody play the face role this time around and Goldust play the heel. Like it will plant the seeds from the get go. Now you know what? I'm not gonna disagree with you. I'm actually going to say that, okay, I'd like that to happen. But after a while, after, after a long a while. time. Yeah, we let them have their run. Probably give them about a year or let them build towards WrestleMania. Right. I want this to be, you know, I want the feel-good story to happen first. That I want them to have um, patched things up before um, uh, and then, you know, b- being strong. Being yeah, I, I, would, I want that too. And, and I then, think there's a lot of time for that to happen. I think there's I think there's more than enough time to happen, and Lord knows, Lord knows, we've been waiting for that Cody Rhodes versus Goldust match at WrestleMania, and I'm th- and if if they have to break up, I hope they culminate everything at WrestleMania. What is this? Is the third time we've mentioned the Cody the Cody versus Goldust storyline, uh, the match happening on this podcast? Dude, we've been waiting for that since 2012. Like, I can't blame us for being such homers. And you, our dear listeners, can't blame us for being such homers about this storyline because we've been waiting for this uh, this payoff at WrestleMania for Cody and Goldust since 2012. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, well, you know, we've been waiting for this for so long. But um, Goldust's um, renaissance last year was such a welcome surprise that I'm willing to hold off on it, Muna, as long as we milk... The best of Goldust um, later years. I hope with so this, with this whole thing. I hope so. Um, right now there is a lot of optimism 
even though we do have these trust issues, there's a lot of optimism towards uh, towards Stardust, towards uh, Cody Rhodes running with this gimmick. We hope he continues to have fun, and for as long as he will have fun with this, we're gonna have fun with. This. We're gonna we're gonna lap this up. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna be you know I'm, I'm gonna be a big Stardust mark from from here on out. And this is one of those times when you know you've been jaded for so long as a member of the IWC or as somebody who's just watching wrestling and growing up with it. Now you know you you want to suspend your disbelief. You just want to mark out. And yeah. it's not wrong to mark out. We say this a lot on the podcast. Right. It's not wrong to mark out. I've been a mark for Cody Rhodes for quite a while now. I, I like Cody Rhodes. I love him so much. And I want him to succeed. And if, he, if he's going to succeed as Stardust, if he's going to succeed as a character he enjoys portraying, playing, um, more power to him. I want to see him have fun. And um, I just hope that him having fun translates to him being better and it translates to him succeeding. You know, I I'm always I've always been a fan of good characters, and for as long as a character is something I can I can identify with or I can get hooked onto, I will continue rooting for that. And that's I guess that's one of the reasons why. And I know you're gonna probably hate me for this. Why what? I root for Bo Dallas? Why uh. I am a Bo Lever? I love the character. I may not necessarily be a fan of the wrestler, but the character has still won me over. Right. He's seven and Bo, by the way. Seven and Bo is that what they're calling it now? Th- that is what they're calling it now. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna discuss my thoughts on Bo Dallas in a future episode because I have I'm cooking up this article this column about Bo Dallas and the fans who love him and hate him uh-huh. as well. Uh-huh. So you, you need to stay tuned for that, and I want to I want to come out with it first before I discuss it. All right, no, I think that's fair. Uh, so we'll wait for that, and then until such time, we'll get to talk about Bo Dallas and whether you are a believer or a non-believer. But if you wanna chime chime in on this discussion, and you know we haven't really had the chance to actually invite you to get in touch with us, but please do, please do interact with us. We are on Twitter, right? It's at Stan nine four seven at Roizwar. Do tweet us. Use the hashtag SGP Podcast. We'd love to keep talking to you about this. I mean, wrestling never stops for us. We eat, sleep, breathe wrestling on Twitter. It would be nice to have you uh, chime. In and also give us your two cents and show us new things, right? Show, show us, us new th- things, educate us. And speaking of education, um, we would also like to have you on Smart Gitas Filipinas. That's right, we are on Facebook. We've got a group where we have daily discussions, we have themes, people, and we have fun with these themes every day. We are on Facebook, so just find us. It's facebook.com/slash groups/slash Smart Gilas Filipinas, right? And uh, Shouting out our friends at the Philippine Wrestling Revolution, PWR. They're doing so gr- so many great things for Philippine wrestling. And also a shout out to uh, Ray Moralde at the No Look Pass. Go check out his podcast. It's uh, the Chronicles of Karate, and it's brought to you by the NoLookPass.com. By the way, he actually made me record a promo for his podcast. Oh, really? I felt special, dude. <laughs> like I'm now uh, on the same level as the likes of Kelly Dwyer and uh, Brent Barry and John Karate himself. I think I think he might be overestimating your celebrity here. <laughs> Take out the I think he is. <laughs> but at least I'm honest about it. Right. Right. Shouting out to our friends at geekout.ph. Um the new article is going to come out there. Um what else? Um we got um we got Nerdles.com, our friend Khan Fuente. And of course, the boys and the girls over at Smart Gilas Pilipinas SGP. Thank you for always breathing life into our discussions on Facebook. Right, right, right. And what else, what else do we have? What else do we have? I, I guess that's it for this week. I mean, you know, we've been so excited. We've, we've been pumped up. We did not realize the time has gone by this fast this week. Uh, yeah, we did not realize. We actually thought that we were going to have, you know, less to talk about. 
No, uh, not a lot of dead air. No technical glitches. Thank God. Uh, no technical glitches, but I don't think we can say the same for other glitches. Well, that was my brain fart. Again, we we, no, no, we no, have. No. A, I think I think we have both had our own fair shares of brain farts. I know. Nahawa tayo kay LeBron. Oh, oh shit! Shots fired. Shots fired. Ah, well, that's gonna do it for the SGP podcast. Oh, wait, congrats first. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time NBA champions. Ah, that felt good. That felt very good. Very good. Uh, thank you so much for for sticking with us on the SGP podcast. We will catch you again next time, and we are moving on to bigger and better things. To iTunes, watch out for it. And uh, that's gonna do it for us. See you next time. Peace out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.